Hey, everyone, we're about to dive into an interview with Nada Adamji, a fellow marketing strategist, all about how to use your culture and your own personal experiences in your brand story. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right, everyone, I'm really excited about this interview because frankly, Nada brought it. Like she just brought it. She was so good. She confidently dove into how to use your own personal experiences, whether they're from a unique culture or not, and use them into a story for your brand. She talks about how to use abstract components and bring them back to your brand values. And we even talk a little bit about cultural appropriation, how to avoid it and At the same time, avoid the whole cancel culture that's, you know, a little bit uh, rampant in society today. First, before we dive into the interview, Nada is a marketing strategist for creative women entrepreneurs. She helps businesses stand out through clear brand development strategies. She's been selling via e-commerce since 2002, and she's a former fashion designer, business owner, and design teacher, and now coaches women to amplify their brands and connect authentically with their audience. So let's get to the talk. All right, Nada, welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show. Thank you for having me, Brittany. So I'm really excited to have you on. And I I won't lie, when we first started talking about this, I was like, I don't know. I mean, is our work too similar? Is this going to be a lot of crossover? But I think you're about to give us a really fresh take on how to build a brand story that incorporates all aspects of a person, which I think, from my perspective, is incredibly important. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you and how you came to this thinking throughout your career? So I am basically South Asian, and I have been hearing about this storytelling thing for some some time now everyone talks about, you know, telling your story, be authentic and all of that. And that's great. I have a design background, so I kind of think in a different sort of way. I think about the colors, the beauty. I've traveled a lot of the world. And so I I like interacting with people and their cultures and showing it from my perspective, how I've seen it. And that's what I think lacks in today's world that we talk about storytelling for branding and for companies and all of that, but we sort of give them this formula of, you know, the whole hero's journey and all of that, which is great tool to begin with, but it doesn't really work for everyone. Like, I know it didn't work for me. I did it like a few times, but I would get stuck on certain aspects. So then I started thinking differently, like, like how can I make this work? I had all this content, but I didn't know how to share it, how to like, how to make it relevant for my audience, right? I had all these images. I had all these like pictures I'd taken in my travels. I had all this this stuff, right? And that was the thing. I have not knowing how to translate that into content that would be relevant. So that's how my journey in this new way of storytelling started. And it started literally by chance. And I tried a couple of things. And this formula that I came up with, this sort of works. And it's worked every time that I've tried it. And I I would love to share it with your audience. And yes, it is a fresh stake because I haven't really seen it anywhere else. And initially, I thought it was a bit vague and people might not get it. But the amount of engagement I got as a result of this 
was phenomenal. It was better engagement than I had had with any other content that I would put out on on social media. So yeah, so it showed that it worked basically. And like I said, my design background gave me a little different kind of perspective. So I had to bring everything down to like how my brand is represented because in personal brands, as you would know, it's it's a lot about yourself as well. And then, yes, then it's your brand, but you have to represent yourself as well. Your your personality has to come through a little bit. If it doesn't, then it's boring and nobody's really interested, right? Oh, totally. <laughs> so you've given us a lot to unpack there. I'm really excited to dive into some of that. But I love what you mentioned towards the beginning where you said that, you know, the story branding aspect is a formula. Yes, but it's not like the formula. It is not the only way you can build a a storytelling aspect to your business. And especially for anyone who is a little bit outside of the beaten path, you know, following someone else's formula might not be the right way for you to show up in the world. You really have to kind of own who you are. And, you know, we talk about authenticity, we talk about being authentic, but I think when we have all these formulas or these lists of, you know, content prompts or these, you know, launch packages or, you know, all the things that we as online service providers are told we need to use, that's how we learn. It sets us up for like a wall between us and everybody else because it takes some of that authenticity away. It takes your ability to really be yourself and represent yourself in a personal brand to a different place. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And also these formulas are there to help you. But like you said, they're not like that's not the only thing. Like you can think outside and you can come up with your own versions of it and whatever works for you. And these formulas, some of them work sometimes. They don't work all the time. So you have to sort of uh, be more creative in your thinking and, and sort of fine tune what works for you. So when we're talking about your formula, the one that you've devised that's that's helped you and helped some other people, you said that, you know, you kind of happened upon it and it felt a little bit vague at first. You know, when did you hit that mark where you're like, wait, this isn't vague and it really is applicable? As a creative, what happens is that you have a million and one ideas. So when I started experimenting with this, I had, like I said, I, I had a lot of content. I had a lot of images from my travel and all of that, but I didn't know how to put that out that would be relevant or if, like relevant in terms of my brand and not just like, you know, posts for the sake of posting. So this is what I was struggling with in the middle. Like, like, do I become like this blogger who is like a, a traveler and that kind of thing? And and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to come on the branding and marketing strategy side and not be like a blogger, influencer, that kind of stuff. So it was a bit difficult to sort of fine tune that. But once I had that figured out, it was about creating these. Let me just come to the formula itself. So then it becomes clearer for the audience to actually understand what I'm talking about. So the way I look at it is that any person can come up with with their own stories, right? Like we all talk about stories. So how do you do that? So I divide it into macros and micros. So the big macro is like the big picture, like all these themes that like the human story is like, you know, everyone, wherever they are in the world, they have the same like milestones in their life. Like, you know, a child is born, people get married, 
people die. Like, you know, you find your first job, you get your first paycheck, you've completed your education. You know, those are big milestones that sort of everyone has. So everyone can relate to that no matter where you are in the world. So those are like macro topics. And then you sort of go inside one of them and just pick one thing and just talk about your experience related to that. So to put it in context, it's like macro or the bigger picture would be like, since I'm South Asian, so I'll talk from my perspective. So let's say, you know, everyone talks about these big, massive South Asian weddings and like they go on for days and they're like, you know, colorful and fun and all of that. So wedding would be like one umbrella topic. Then, like I said, like childbirth or becoming a parent, that would be another thing or getting married is another thing. And starting your business is another uh, milestone or whatever you want to call it. So these are big topics and these anyone can relate to. But then the micro, the smaller things inside, let's just go with the wedding thing because I started with that. So inside that, you can cover pretty much anything starting from food to decoration to the music to the dances to the clothes to the accessories to the guest list or like how huge it is or you know so it's just there's so much in there to sort of talk about and you can pick according to your industry if you're an event planner you can talk about the decoration side of it if you're a fashion person you can talk about the clothes if you're like you know if music is your thing you can talk about the music and the dancing or choreography or whatever that is so in my case like when I started experimenting with this I went with literally I did this for two topics one was the henna like on hands I talked about that. I took a, I put a picture of that I had and it was my own photograph. So I just like put that up and I just talked about henna and I was talking about my experience with henna that have, you know, how I loved it, how it felt, what was the significance, why I liked it. And that was it. And once I put that on, people who related to it were from the same culture. They just started commenting like crazy on it. And then those who had seen it from far were like also jumping in on it. And then those who were just who'd never tried it, but were intrigued by it or wanted to try it, would, you know, also comment it. And then people always have an opinion about henna or it smells bad or it smells good or I like it or I don't like it. And it just, you know, it just this conversation was going on, this engagement. And I found that fascinating. And then a couple of weeks later, I put something else, which was related to, again, weddings, but this time it was more about the dance side of it. And I put this light, which is like a little oil lamp kind of thing. It's called Dia. And I put that, a picture of that. And then I talked about how as a youngster, we used to practice dancing for these weddings with these Dias, which is so dangerous now you think about it. But at that point, no, it was like a traditional thing to do. Again, a lot of people commented and a lot of people like, you know, engaged with that. And the way I brought it back in both those posts to my brand was talking about the design side of it, how the henna was designed. It was intricate. It was, you know, whatever. And, you, and sort of represents your personality because some people like the, the really bulky design, the really um, and then some people like really delicate, all covered all over and going all over your arms or whatever. So it's it shows like, you know, there's like a. Um, a type of personality that, that that does one and the other. And um, so that was the thing. So people had opinions, people wanted to engage and they were like, and I was, that's, those specific posts went to like, I engaged with people I've never engaged with. I don't know them. 
I have, you know, never liked their profile or anything like that. But the algorithm, the, you know, artificial intelligence of those social media platforms put my post in front of them because it was highly engaged. So that's my point, that if you can do that with something as simple as this, then you can pretty much get into anything and do it. So my point is that I'm talking about from my perspective, but when anybody like let if if like I'm in Canada now, so let's say if someone is in Canada, they have their own experience. They have grown up in whether they've grown up in the urban cities or they've grown up in like the on the farmland somewhere like in the outskirts. It doesn't matter. They have a story. They have a life. They they had experience with whether it was with um you know animals or whether it was with like uh, you know their education or their school or their teacher or the way they they were brought up or the car they used or how it broke down. These are all like human experiences and you can build your story around it. And the more you share things like that, the more people can connect with you. That's the whole experience of like that. I hope that makes sense because it, like I said, initially I thought it was really vague, but then the engagement sort of brought back to me that no, people kind of connect with this. They like this idea. I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, when we incorporate things that that maybe we take for granted because they are part of our story, so you know they're normalized to us, right? But when we incorporate those things, it one shows a little bit about who we are, you know, what we hold dear. And you know, to your point about the henna, some people like really bulky designs, and then some people like more, you know, intricate or delicate designs. And that all comes from your own personal preference. But when you put that out there. You know, let's say that you were someone who liked more of a bulky design and I was someone who preferred more of a delicate design. Even if I see your bulky design out there, it's not going to turn me off because you're telling me something about you, something that I can identify with and it can spark a discussion if we don't agree or even if we do agree. You know, you get kind of the engagement on the like, yeah, me too. It's so nice to see that out there. Yeah, it's a common experience, right? Yeah, That's why yeah. I keep saying this like human experience. So we can connect on those things that we have the commonalities. And that's the beauty of this technique, that it sort of brings out the the common factors and you can connect on the on those. So when you're doing this, how are you tying that into, you know, a business's, you know, brand values and moving it in that direction? Yes. So in my case, like my business is very, because of my design background, I am kind of design centric. I like to focus on design, even the marketing strategies that I do, I do do them from the perspective, okay, that the design must be like this, this, this. And then I think about the, the I, I work on both of them simultaneously. So because the design is important to me, it's not just the formula or the marketing side, it's very much the creative side as well. So for me, like those posts, because those were like my images, my photographs, they were very, I would say, very picture dependent. And the pictures were really nicely taken. They were worked on. They were like, uh, they sort of told a story themselves, to be honest. So my narrative next to it sort of complemented the photograph, even though I'm not in the photograph. It's just a photograph of an object or like the henna on the hands with just my hand with the henna on it. And it was like on top of my like my lap. So it sort of had this textile 
very traditional kind of textile on the back. That was the background. So it sort of like tied in with this whole design and the color and the wedding and, you know, that sort of thing. So how it it comes back to the business is that because of my design thing, I am always valuing design and I always talk about design, whether it's brand design or it's like design in our lives or it's like, you know, like the concept of design and how we can improve it and things like that. So that's how I always bring it back. And it's relevant to me because then people uh, people sort of appreciate my point of view on what I'm saying about design because I keep referencing it pretty much a lot, <laughs> I would say. So we're talking about some fairly cultural elements here. And having been a part of some South Asian weddings, I have experienced, Hannah, I have experienced all of this, but how would you apply this formula to someone who, you know, in the US or Canada has has led a more standard, milky, you know, not so cultural life? Like, how are they going to apply this formula to their world? Okay, that's a great question. And this is my point about this, that when you look at it as the big picture, you're not looking at it as a like, you know, that this would be exciting for someone or this won't be exciting for someone. You are just looking at the milestones and the landmarks that everybody has all over the world. It's just the human experience. And anyone, let's say, living in, let's say, Toronto, you know, they've gone to school somewhere, they've grown up somewhere, they have friends who are, you know, they have certain cultural elements that are very Canadian and they can talk about those specifics, like literally like, OK, I went to this like a specific college. What did they learn there? What did they, like, for example, this generation right now that's going to school in this COVID environment? This is their experience. Oh, my. Yes. <laughs> They're going to never, ever forget because the whole world is going through it. Like, you know, this is our story right now. So if these people are going to write about it, when they grow up, they can talk about anything from masks to washing the mask to like, you know, uh, hand sanitizers to like, you know, unable to breathe in that mask or breathing or how like, you know, it's it's their life. This is what it is. And anyone will relate to it. It doesn't have to be exciting. It's just stating your experience. And when you state your experience, you're just basically putting it out there. It's not about people liking it or people not liking it. It's your experience. You can't deny someone else's experience. You know, it's, it is what it is. That's what, it, you know, that's how it is. And then how you bring it back to your business or your industry or, or what it is that you do, that's, the, that's actually the, the more creative part of it because bringing it back is where the creativity goes. And that's where either you can be very vague or you can be specific. So that's why the micro aspect, I, I suggest only pick one thing and talk about that as opposed to trying to cover a big topic. Like the big topic is the umbrella topic. And then you sort of just dig in deep and just pick one thing. Like, uh, like for example, going to college, you know, going to college in Toronto during COVID, whether it's online training or it's like, uh, you know, actual physical visiting school, or it's like, I don't know, I can't think of anything else, like whether you're growing up on a farm and animals or waking up early in the morning or just make it uh, waking up early, like starting your day at five. Like this is what people talk about now. Wake up at five and, and start your day at five. So you can talk about starting your day at five when you lived at a, on a farm, <laughs> you know, and how that was for you and what you did. Like, you know, so it's just uh, and it's nothing new. It's people have been doing that for like centuries. 
But now we talk about as the new thing, waking up at five o'clock, the new CEO technique. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's just like rebranding that thing. I love how you just said that. It's rebranding that thing. So that was like the perfect way to tie that up because when you have had all of these experiences growing up, you know, in your early adulthood or not, they were just part of your story. But when you can tie them into the current cultural phenomenon, you are rebranding your story as part of the current experience, making it relevant and using it as a point of connection to gain a foothold in engagement on social media in your online presence. Absolutely. That's the key. Because we think our life is mundane. We didn't do anything exciting or we didn't do something or we only remember like the the big, big, really big moments. But really mundane things can also be connectors. Like, you know, as long as you can use the right words to explain it or you can just use the right image to talk for you. And then you just have to use a couple of words to just just start like that put a little spark and just, you know, ignite that little engagement. And that's pretty much it. And it's, it, I, I would suggest people to like, just try it, see how that works for them, because it, it worked for me. It's worked for me and it's worked for a lot of people that I have suggested it to. I haven't like talked about it in marketing as such in terms of I haven't been promoting it as that. So this is the first time I've actually shared it with the world but I've been sharing it with like a few people and they seem to all agree with me on this. Yeah, no, I love it. It's great. So Nada, why don't you tell us a little bit about what else you have going on as we tie things up? I know that you have a Facebook group and a couple things going on over there. Yes, I do. I have this uh, Facebook group. It's called uh, Branding for Creative Women Entrepreneurs. And in that, I I'm, I do and I, I repeatedly do this four-day workshop, which is a brand identity workshop. It's for women who are either trying to rebrand their like their logo, their fonts, their colors, or they're starting out and they're still stuck on that and they need to sort of just get it done and like move on. So in this workshop, I sort of, you know, show them how to do it and give them trainings on it. And we have like every day we have like a little tangible thing that they need to get done and basically end of four days you're you're done with with your brand identity so you can then focus on on other branding things because I feel people get stuck on the identity it's the brand identity more than other more important branding things and to say that brand identity isn't important just to just saying that there are other aspects that are equally if not more important Oh, yeah, you're speaking to the choir right there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. so many people think that once they've done their brand identity, that their brand is set and they don't have to work on it and they don't have to deal with it again. And I think you and I both know that that's really just a small part of it. But I love that we were able to cover, you know, the kind of the fleshing out of building your personal brand, of, of building your online presence around who you really are so that your personal brand actually feels personal rather than you just saying it is. Yes. And and one thing I would like to say in this is that, you know, we all talk about uh, and, and we've seen it online in the last couple of years, a lot of this, uh, you know, uh, cultural appropriation kind of issue. And it's come up repeatedly, like from big brands doing that to like, you know, big personalities, like, you know, known celebrities doing that. So to avoid that, I would say always, always, always talk about personal experience, your own personal experience, whether it's on travel or it's about some certain object, like 
kimono in, in case of like Kim Kardashian. Like you can talk about wearing one. You can talk about how you came across one for the first time, how you like it or what your feeling is about it, what you felt, your experience and all of that. But don't try to take the the item or the name or the word and use it like to like, you know, and pose with it as if it's yours, because that that doesn't gel with anyone. And basically, that's one thing that I wanted to highlight, that culture is about personal experience as well. You can't take someone else's culture, but you can talk about your experience with it. I'm so glad that you added that. Yeah, I think we have all experienced other cultures and we really love an aspect of it. And we want to take something of that home, especially if we found it during travels, like you said. But personally, you know, it does feel a little bit weird as a white woman to put my langa on, for example. I love it. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It reminds me of a really special time in my life, but I have to ask myself when it's appropriate. But I love how you you just gave us that tip there on talking about our personal experiences with it, because that makes it feel good for me as well as be a useful part of something that I can talk about. Absolutely. And it's your experience. You're not talking, you're not taking someone else's experience. It's If, if it reminds you of something from a different time, then share that. That's your experience and your story and no one can take that away from you. And that way you've sort of shared the culture, but you've shared your experience with a certain culture. Well, thank you, Nada. I really appreciate it. Um, This has been a really good episode and I love that we're able to add this for the audience. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. This is nice for me as well. Good talking to someone who understands. (laughs) Yeah, so much. Thanks, Nada, once again. I love how you just brought all the information and kind of moved it into a formula anybody can apply to their business. Not everyone can do that. I know the audience will appreciate actually applying these tactics in their marketing strategy and getting that same engagement spike that you were talking about. See you guys next week. 